0: Hello everyone and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. Bryce Coon alongside Glenn West. Glenn's got the uh, a different background. That's because he is in Omaha and he got to see a fantastic matchup last night. We're going to talk about that and more on today's episode. Hey, if you haven't already, hit subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and check us out at Go 24-7 on the message boards, make sure you get that VIP subscription. Gonna believe fifty percent off uh right now. We're still running this fantastic deal that people need to take advantage of. Baseball, football, recruiting, great staff. Uh and we're getting closer to full strength, obviously, with me getting down to Louisiana. And I Glenn, you left and it just got really hot down here. Like unbelievably hot. So I, I hope the weather out there is great, but it was probably even better with the fact that LSU with a big win last night, Paul Skeens, we're going to talk about a lot of different aspects of this game, Braden Bear, uh, man. But first off, describe the atmosphere. What was it like your first time taking in uh, an opportunity in Omaha and watching the Tigers?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty electric. I mean, I, I, I walked into the stadium and um, yeah, the, the field and it was just, uh, you, you, you could see the the anticipation uh, of, of all this and, kind of as a as an aside here i mean i walked in and what's the first thing i walk into a weather delay and that's kind of how things got started i was uh you know walking the streets a little bit once i got into the 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 area of where the stadium is and uh talking with a couple people but um wanted to head up for the to the press box to start getting some work done and um as pretty much as i walked in the 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 first game between Stanford and Wake Forest went into a delay and um, you know I kind of you know, put it out there almost instantly like you know why 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 mess with the good thing right I mean LSU's been in weather delays the last two weeks of the postseason and um, you know wh- why not have another game affected by it by a lightning delay so uh, yeah I was was out there had to sit through that for probably about an hour until they got started again and then Um, obviously delayed the start of the LSU game by about 45 minutes or so but um, it it was it was it was a really just amazing experience I mean um, you know fans started packing in about 15-20 minutes before um, first pitch and you could definitely feel kind of the the energy there I think they said they had about 25,000 people uh, in the stands for the LSU Tennessee game that was the the highest uh, you know uh, in terms of attendance game of the uh, the first two days so um, that 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 was a, a really cool uh, kind of little side note there, um, but then yeah, we'll we'll get into the game. But just the atmosphere itself was was pretty electric. I mean, um, you know, you had uh, there was a good number of orange, uh, good good amount of orange that I saw out there, and uh, certainly LSU and their fan base took over most of the the third base dugout side of uh, of, of the field, and, and Tennessee was kind of on the first base uh, side of things. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was. Everything you kind of hope for in terms of just atmosphere, environment, and then obviously the play uh, itself was 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 pretty spectacular, and I think continued uh, what was a, a pretty uh, amazing first two days of play. I mean, they were all the first three games were between one run, uh, one run games. LSU's game really kind of came down to the the final few innings there, and um, yeah, it was it was just a really great uh, atmosphere and environment, and a great way to kick off uh, what. You know, could be a a pretty long, elongated stay here.
0: Yeah. And obviously, you mentioned the most well attended game. I was checking ticket prices. Uh, it was the by far the the highest ticket price of the weekend as well and already uh, the game that we're going to maybe dabble a little bit towards into the beginning of this pod or the end of this podcast against Wake Forest is the highest ticket price doesn't surprise you the way Wake Forest has played in LSU all season long but glenn uh, let's get down to it right here i mean we've talked about this almost every single time we mention LSU baseball and it's becoming synonymous with that here in 2023 but the effort the ability and the performance of paul skeens who, if he wasn't already known from people outside the SEC, if the casual college baseball observer or the casual sports observer that was flipping through channels, uh, they got to witness another performance, another feat that is just another notch in the cap of the right hander and Paul Skeens.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was as dominant um, that, you know, really through the first seven innings that you could. Asked for, I mean, this, this seven innings there really shut Tennessee down. I think allowed maybe four hits through those those seven innings and five total base runners. Um, struck out twelve. He he struck out seven of the first eight guys, uh, and and for LSU fans know that uh, that that two hundred and two strikeout record for Ben McDonald um, it, it is well within reach with Skeens, and we thought he might go ahead and break it a little <laughs> bit prematurely here and get it in the first game. Uh, in Omaha, because of how dominant he looked in the first, you know, three or four innings in particular, where he sat down practically everybody and didn't really allow a whole lot of uh, of Tennessee movement. But um, what, what what really stood out to me, obviously, the, the fastball, one hundred one, one hundred two, pretty consistently for the first five or six innings or so. Um, uh, the slider was was not used as much. That that's kind of been his knockout uh, pitch is the the fastball slider combo. Um, It was actually the changeup that that worked a lot, uh, worked really well for him uh, in this game. You got a bunch of Tennessee, uh, you know, hitters chasing it. Um, You know, kind of the game plan going in, I think, for Tennessee was to – Try to be really aggressive with the fastball, and so when you're really aggressive with the fastball, if you throw that off-speed pitch, you're going to be way out in front of it. And so, um, you know, I think the the, the Skeens and LSU were able to notice that pretty early on into the outing, uh, and and it led to a pretty uh, pretty dominant performance: seven and two thirds, twelve strikeouts. Um, you know, gives up the two runs in the seventh inning. Um, but i mean he was at like 120 pitches at that point so you know the you know you know things are going to start to go a little bit uh differently once you get into that range of your outing so um it was good for for johnson to kind of get him out of the game right then and there um and and look you set yourself up now here in the winners bracket and we'll talk a little bit more about that but You know, just just being in that side of the bracket is really, really important here. Um, Obviously, you got a really important game uh, against Wake Forest coming up here on Monday. Uh, But winning these first these this first game and really these first two games, um, it opens up a lot of uh, opportunities for you to 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 really feel good about advancing here uh, into that championship round. So good start. You still got a couple more to go. um, But but man, skeins more so than anything, just just. Got you off on the right start. Got all those first game jitters out of the way for LSU, and I think now those guys uh, can really settle in and um, try to try to make a run at this thing.
0: Uh, Let's stay on the pitching here just for a second, because obviously there was a lot of back and forth on our boards on social media about uh, when Gavin Gidry enters the game. And look, we had the chance had a chance talk to him on Tuesday, and this is a kid that. Earned the right to be in the spot, Glenn. I don't think maybe you think any differently. I know I don't think any differently of that. He earned the right to be in the spot. He just hung a breaking ball to a really good hitter, and it's just one of those things. So what do you think that does for his confidence, and what did you think of kind of the bullpen's effort, especially Riley Cooper there at the end, to kind of navigate what did become a testy situation there in the last inning and a half?
1: Yeah, I think Guidry has shown you way more good than than bad over the last month. to To really be confident that he can be a late game closer for you, um, it, it was one pitch. I mean, literally, they they threw him out there. He, you know, mis <laughs> mislocated on the one pitch, and then was right out. So, um, you know, I I think it was, um, yeah, you, know, you could probably you know just chalk that up to just a, a mistake uh, for the freshman. And uh, and you know, I I I got the chance to talk with Gavin a little bit earlier this week as well his focus and his mentality is just so uh, strong for a freshman that I don't think something like that's going to phase him in the slightest. I mean, I saw him walking, you know, out of the, um, you know, the media was allowed to kind of go in the uh, the locker room after the game. And so we were hanging out there outside of the locker room and I saw him walking in and uh, I mean, he was, he was just strutting in. I mean, he was confident. He was shaking hands, fist bumping guys and uh, really taking all of it in. And so, yeah, you know, I think that's just a, a, another sign there that he's going to be able to bounce back from this. And they're going to they're going to need him in some situation here, I think, over the next couple games. Um, but Riley Cooper was was a standout for sure. I mean, getting those last four outs um, when Tennessee was starting to make things a little bit interesting, um, he kind of slammed the door. He didn't really make it a dramatic finish the way that a lot of those previous three games had gone. Um, he did a really nice job of uh, you know, mixing his pitch as well. He, he's he's kind of got that rubber arm from the standpoint that he can throw really three or four pitches for strikes and, and locate them well. Um, and, and his velocity has ticked up really the last several weeks as well to 91, 92 with the fastball. And uh, he, he has a great curve ball and a nice off-speed changeup as well. So you know, he, he, he did a really nice job getting those final four outs. And he was a guy that Jay Johnson talked about leading into this tournament that, He's the only guy that has pitched in this environment before. He's the only one that's really pitched in Omaha, knows what it's like, um, and 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 you could see that experience kind of shine through there for him uh, in those late game moments. And uh, just did a really nice job. And I think he's going to be another arm that you really uh, have to turn around quickly and and, and expect to, to to be a part of the rotation here in the next couple of days.
0: And you also have to believe, too, that these guys are going to Jay Johnson, uh, a guy like Cooper, uh, especially who pitched. I mean, I don't know you know, what the fatigue level of his arm is. You mentioned he's got the rubber arm. as a guy that can go out there and throw multiple outings uh, in a week, it feels like. But they're all saying, hey, coach, if you need me, let, let's go. I'm ready to go. And I think that's what's exciting uh, about this staff as well. Let's flip it over uh, to the offensive side of things. Uh, Glenn, I, I was watching the game. This was, I mentioned the, the, the hot weather, the storm we had that knocked my power out. I was able to, uh, to to come back into it and watching the game, and they it was up to a point where LSU was 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position, they're able to break through um, offensively. If you just looked at the box score and you didn't watch the game, uh, you can see that Braden Jobert played a huge part of it. Uh, Glenn, he arguably left the easiest thing he needed for the cycle in the single uh, on the table. He got the triple, the double, and then the home run, which was a no doubt shot. And really, uh, for me, Glenn. When LSU allowed the two-run homer uh, and and obviously allowed the run, it was five to three to answer back with Joe Bear's homer. That might not have been a bigger answer uh, in the entire game. Talk about his efforts and then just the offense as a whole, just being tough outs. Gavin Dugas the homer early in the game to set the tone.
1: Yeah, that was the biggest swing of the night, in my opinion, the Joe Bear home run. Um, I mean, to, to like you said, Tennessee was making it a game there at the end in that um, in that eighth inning, um, and LSU really responded nicely to that uh to that run you know, they score three runs there in the bottom of the eighth uh lsu responds with uh you know uh, they, they score three runs sorry at the top of the eighth and then lsu responds with the solo homer from from joe bear there in the bottom of the eighth and you know i know it's just one run but but in that setting in that environment three feels so much better than two i mean mm-hmm. two you're you're really looking at you know potential just getting one guy on base and then one swing can really just change things uh from there so that that was a huge swing i thought joe bear um was certainly the mvp of the offense for the night i thought trey morgan uh did a really nice job as well i think if you're looking just kind of in a vacuum of this postseason so far uh there hasn't been a more valuable player for lsu than trey morgan uh he he really delivered for you in the super regional round, gave you two RBI swings, um, you know, sack flies, and, and and just getting the ball in play uh, to, to score two runs there uh, last night. I thought, you know, Dylan Cruz had a nice couple of at-bats, goes two for five on the night uh, with, with a run scored. So, yeah, I think it was just a really collective effort. Um, you know, Josh Pearson got on base a couple times and uh, was was able to score a run. Uh, I, I just – I really liked – you know, kind of the i don't want to say patience cuz it it really wasn't patience but it was just they 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 got hits at the right time they moved mm-hmm. the offense well really throughout the game um you know they had several innings there where they had guys on base and they just weren't able to get anything going but the way that they were contacting the ball, the way that they were driving it into the outfield, it just made you believe that they were going to be able to consistently apply pressure to the Tennessee pitching staff. And and w- whether it was, you know, Lindsey or whoever it was they were throwing uh, last night, I think it was just a really positive uh, night overall, um, you know, starting with the Dugas swing there to really get things started. Uh, just, just really liked what LSU was able to do offensively, even though it wasn't, as flashy at times, you know, that the certainly you had the, the big swings there from Joe bear and Dugas, but the fact that they were just consistently able to get guys on run up pitch counts, um, you know, get deep into pitch counts as well. And, 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 and just kind of, you know, be present throughout the entire game. You know, there really wasn't a game where LSU or an inning where LSU went three up three down and it really wasn't much of a competition. They, they, They put pressure on Tennessee throughout the night, and I think that's kind of what helped them uh, open the game up there at the end. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at BankofAmerica.com slash talk to us. Uh, one thing that fans may not you know, say, the wow factor, like you mentioned, it wasn't flashy. But I go back to Trey Morgan's at-bat, the, the ball that he stung to center field for the sacrifice fly that brought on Dylan Cruz. Uh, it was a great at-bat. He battled. And, I mean, Glenn, five feet to the left, five feet to the right, we're talking about multiple runs coming home and an extra base hit uh, for Trey Morgan. And he was a guy that definitely stood out in the super regional, continued to carry that over. Uh, the third aspect of this, and you mentioned this in an article talking about how LSU's Playing really well. I know Jordan Thompson had a couple of plays there at the end that you felt like, hey, we would have liked to have that better. But man, he had the one play at the middle, and then Morgan's stretch that I don't know if you saw from your vantage point if they had a TV in the press room with the with the press box. Tap but, dance, tr- tap dance. I mean, holy cow! And then Trey Morgan is saying, and the camera picks up. He goes, "I think I pushed off." He didn't even think that he got. He kept his foot on the bag. Defensively, offensively. And then obviously on the mound, uh, I wanted you to have the opportunity to kind of elaborate on that article that you wrote of you feel like this is a perfect mix. And we saw, obviously, uh, last night, LSU's playing good ball all in the right areas.
1: I, th- I think they've found the right mix in the field. I think they've found the right mix on the mound. they found five or six guys outside of Paul Skeens and Ty Floyd that I think they feel really comfortable with on the mound. Um, at the plate, they've run the same order. I mean, the exact same order in ev- all six games this year. Um, and, and it's really worked out. I mean, whether it's Pearson in the nine hole, uh, Travinsky and Beloso kind of backing each other up in that 4-5 spot. Um, Cruz leading off. I mean, you're getting big hits now from Joe Bear and from Jordan Thompson. Um, it just feels like one through nine, those guys are really clicking uh, on all cylinders. But uh, really the defense for me, I think, has been the standout um, in, in the postseason just because it was an area that LSU was kind of slowly not really figuring out towards the end mm-hmm. of the season. They were kind of walking into some some mistaken uh, run uh, errors uh, throughout the, the end of this regular season, and even in the SEC tournament, there were a couple of blimps here and there. I think when when Trey Morgan moved back to first base full-time, uh, it really just allowed LSU to, to kind of settle in. Uh, their their infield has played much better. Um, Josh Pearson out in left field made a couple of huge uh, catches um, to kind of preserve Paul Skeens' outing there. Um, last night, I thought he, he did a, this one diving catch that was really – really tough to track and, and Johnson even mentioned it after the game that, you know, left field at that 6 PM game is really hard yeah. to see just because of the shadows and the, and the way the sun's hitting on the stadium. So really nice job by Josh there to, to really bring you, I think some, some good clutch outs there in the outfield. Um, and, and, and I think the infield play has been just brimming with confidence, you know, in momentum here the last couple of weeks. I mean, Thompson's play last weekend. Um, Morgan and his ability to kind of save outs and stretch and uh, just be really, really ambidextrous there uh, at first base has really allowed LSU, I think, to feel confident in what they're doing. Um, You know, they're shifting Dugas as well. The the Dugas-Thompson shift was a really – uh, smart way to kind of handle uh, the middle infield here, and and even Dugas made some some really nice plays there on that shift. I mean, he he turned a couple double plays in the last couple weeks. He's uh, you know been at the right place at the right time on some line drives. Um, so yeah, they're all making the routine plays right now, which is something that I don't think you could have said you know five weeks ago, six weeks ago. And um, I think it's you know it kind of just points to a, a team that's playing its its most complimentary baseball at the at the right time of year.
0: Well, when a team, Glenn, uh, plays a really good team that just seems to be destined, uh, we often call it, you just run into a buzzsaw. And I think that Wake Forest fans feel kind of weird about it. They could be the buzzsaw, or they could see LSU be the buzzsaw. These are two programs that are really, really good at what they do. That primetime matchup is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Glenn, kind of some of your early thoughts on this uh, this matchup, this game, and I mean, you don't want to say do or die, but this is a pivotal game, like you talked about, to really take control of your own destiny to get to that championship series.
1: Yeah, I spent most of the morning doing some research on Wake Forest. So, um, you know, just early thoughts here. I really think that, you know, what you're going to probably see from LSU tomorrow is is Ty Floyd and Thatcher Hurd on the mound. Um, and that's been kind of the one-two punch there, um, whether it's Floyd getting into three or four innings, five innings, and then Heard kind of taking you the rest of the way. I think that's probably the ideal scenario LSU would like to run into tomorrow. Um, and then from the Wake Forest perspective, look this this pitching staff is is, her- is highly heralded as one of the best, if not the best, in the country. Um, LSU just faced a staff like that in Tennessee in terms of team ERA. Uh, Wake Forest is number one, and, and Tennessee is number two. Um, but Wake Forest has a pretty <laughs> pretty significant lead on Tennessee for number two, for number one. ERA for the staff. I think what you're looking at most likely tomorrow uh, is Josh Hartle, uh, the lefty. uh, He got a 2.8 ERA. And, you know, look, LSU has been a lot better at it recently. But, you know, early in the year they were really struggling with with lefty throwers. And so, um, you know, I think it makes sense for Wake Forest to throw Hartle out there. And uh, he's certainly one of your better uh, starting options, um, you know, you know, considering the fact that they just threw their ace in the Stanford game. Um, but that that pitching staff, man, they're tough. I mean, they've, they've got, I would say, five or six different arms here that can really throw a wrinkle into your plans offensively. And a couple of those guys are still going to be available, I would say, Cole Rowland and Michael Massey are probably the the two names to really look out for out of the bullpen uh, for 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 Wake Forest. I think those guys, you know, they didn't pitch in the game on Sunday and are on Saturday, Um, and and I think it's 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 probably setting up to be that kind of game for those two guys, um, you know, to back up Hartle uh, should things go awry. But this is going to be a a battle of heavyweights. I mean, I think. How Wake Forest's pitching staff goes head to head with LSU's offense—that really seems to be playing at a very, very high level right now. Um, that's going to be the big story, uh, I think, leading up to this game, and uh, and I think it's going to be the, the story that that really signifies which of these teams can, continues to advance in the winners' bracket and which one's going to have to play um, on on Tuesday and Wednesday and and, and try to advance into the uh, the championship round the the, the hard way. So, uh, you know, really going to be a fun matchup. I, I you know, I, I think it's probably one of the more high, highly anticipated matchups of the season. It really feels like it's one that's been in the making for a while. Uh, obviously with LSU carrying the number one spot for about 12 weeks or so to start the year and then wake forest carrying that baton and not really relinquishing control uh, over the last you know month and a half, two months of, or so of the season. Um, I think we're in for some really, um, you know stellar play and and i know that i can't wait to to get a chance to watch those two teams go at it on uh on monday night
0: glenn's gonna have a front row seat and you need to make sure you're following him you see him right there at glenn west 21 on twitter make sure you're following to make sure that you see all the great content we've got coming on and listen if you want, you know, out of bounds content, off-topic content like Glenn's footroom in the plane or Glenn's uh, amazing ride throughout Omaha, you need to make sure you're subscribed over at Go Twenty Four. So we've got a great thread talking about that as well as Glenn continues to uh, explore and enjoy Omaha. Glenn, I know you're excited to get to the game, uh, obviously on Monday. Uh, Wake Forest is going to be a great challenge for LSU. I think, like you said, this is one that has been building up, especially. Uh, what you mentioned, kind of the the, the the switch, the change at the top of the ranking is going to be a lot of fun to watch. But uh, hey, we appreciate you so much for tuning in and Glenn joining us all the way from Omaha, Nebraska as well. If you're on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, like the video and share with your friends. And if you're listening on podcast, all you got to do is follow the podcast wherever you get it, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else. We'll see you on the forums. We'll see you in the comments. This has been another episode of of the Go 24-7 podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards
1: here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game.